Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your time. We're in this game. An impossible goal. These guys are good. Scary good. And this crowd is going bananas. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network presented to you by BetMGM. My name is Michael Lebuff, and still here despite watching the Columbus Blue Jackets, our underdog from the other night, blow a 4 nothing lead to the Pittsburgh Penguins um, in what was a, you know, it was par for the course for how things are going for us lately. But, Nick, we're going to turn things around. We're going to turn things around. We're going to start on Thursday. This is the episode for March 9th. Pretty loaded slate. Um, and we're going to go right back to the well with an underdog to start, as usual. Uh, this one is not as uh, depressing, let's say, as the Blue Jackets. Uh, but I'll go first. I like the Edmonton Oilers there, plus 155 in Boston, taking on the Bruins, who've won 100 games in a row. They're 10-0-0 in their last 10, the Bruins are. And it's weird because we're not really talking about it. Usually when a team wins 10 games in a row, um, the entire NHL world has its head turned and the narratives are all over the place. But this is kind of just what the Bruins have done all season. They have a plus 105 goal difference. Uh, differential on the season plus 103 when you take away the two shootout goals outrageous uh but i like edmonton here for a couple reasons uh one this is this bet is completely moot if jack campbell starts i don't expect he will i'm pretty sure the oilers are going to keep going back to Stuart skinner uh as their starting goalie down the stretch here it's just he, he's won the job fair and square and he's been solid for them two the oilers are playing decent defensively despite the fact that you know Campbell and and Skinner went through a little bit of a rough patch there too but uh despite their goals allowed per 60 which is hovering around three their expected goals is up there with the best teams in the league when you look uh since the all-star break only Carolina has a better expected goals against per 60 minutes at five on five in uh the NHL and we're looking at a relatively meaningful sample size. Uh, now we're, we're on a month. It's about 15 games for most teams between like 13, and 15 and high danger scoring chances. Edmonton is third in the league. Dallas is first Carolina second. Then it's Edmonton. If your defense is playing that well, you get average goaltending and you have Connor McDavid on your team and you're a plus plus one fifty five underdog. I'm going to take it. Yeah. And I, I thought Edmonton played them really well in the game in Edmonton. It was a three, two loss. But if it's going to be that kind of affair, I completely completely agree. You're getting a really good number. Although with that said, I think I've been saying this a lot for Boston and it continues to hold true when they play the elite teams. It doesn't seem like they're blowing them out of the water. I saw an interesting sheet put together on Twitter this week of Boston's analytical results versus top sides. And they were extremely modest. And I know that's one of those things where it's like, ultimately who really cares? They have all Mark. They're finding ways to win them. But that does make me think that I just can't bet on Boston to win these games when it just, and and I think the eye test matches that where like when you watch them play like these other elite sides, it doesn't seem like they're blowing them out of the water. I know they kind of did to New York the other day, but you know, as much as I'd love to rip on the Rangers, that wasn't really the Rangers considering the three and four spot and 
They didn't have two of their top defensive pairings together. So I think it's been a lot of like super close games versus top teams. And and yeah, I like the price here with that said. As long as Stuart Skinner starts. 100%. You cannot do it with Campbell in. That is it. Uh, what about you? You have uh, an underdog for us on Thursday. Yes, I like an actual team in this one. Although the goal scores were doing okay because McCann came through for us. And, uh, you know, Verona had six shots on that and none of them went in. So anyways, quick gripe <laughs> on that. But um, I like the Senators. They are going to have another really shaky goaltending situation. Uh, but I can live with it versus the Kraken, who will have the same. Um, so they should be around plus 120. I think it's a really good play with how they have looked over the last month. They obviously had the massive hiccup in the 5 nothing loss to Chicago. I think a ton of betters got burned on that game, myself included, because it just... It seemed like a great spot for them to keep rolling. Um, I think the surprise Cam Talbot start kind of threw them off in that, or sorry, the surprise scratch to Cam Talbot kind of threw them off in that game. And I know he's still going to be out, but it kind of just seemed like one of those things. It was a game where every single thing went wrong. Like I think you could watch that first period and say it could have easily been one nothing Ottawa, and then it just kind of just compounded from there and, and everything wasn't going their way, which happens. But I still think, this is actually going to be a really close game. I expect 50-50. I think we should see a lot of offense, and this number is just a little too long for me with how good Ottawa has been playing. So I think it's a good spot to get on the Senators here. Yeah, I'll be with you there. I like Ottawa. Um, that uh, yeah, that game against Chicago, I think, is one of those situations where we'll kind of just draw a line through it. Not really too much. Uh, you can kind of you can't really glean much. They should have been up. Two or three nothing in that first period, and the game should have been over. Uh, but Alex Stalock outdueled Mad Sogard by quite a margin, and then things went off the rails. So uh, the Senators are. Uh, and Sogard's been minute. respectable. Yeah. Like I know it's your job to be ready no matter what. He was not ready. It didn't seem like, and it was just one of those things, like a comedy of errors for the Senators in that game. But I think I can trust him versus Seattle, and it's it's not like he's going to give them, you know, that much of a deficit compared to what Seattle has in goal. So. Yep. I think considering how I expect the gameplay to look, this is a pretty solid bet. All right, let's look at the big board now. Uh, these odds, of course, from uh, BetMGM. Rangers, uh, minus 265. They're in Montreal taking on Les Habitants. Montreal is plus 225. Over under is six and a half. If there ever was a, a get-right spot for the Rangers, this would be it. Uh, if, it feels like since the Patrick Kane trade went down, you know, there's the media hype and then kind of the reality sunk in of where this is a very specific kind of player for a team that it was kind of like a vanity thing more than anything. And now they got to figure out a way to fit him. doing that on the fly against good opposition uh, is one thing. And then you get a couple of days off to practice, go to Montreal, get some bodies back, some important bodies back. I mean, they had to play shorthanded because of the Kane situation. Uh, it just feels like this is your classic Rangers blow out everybody's back on maybe Kane scores a couple I actually wouldn't hate an anytime goal scorer look on on him but I'm I'm assuming he's going to be really short because they're playing one of the worst teams in the league but uh yeah it, it'll likely be a pass for me but I can't I can't look anywhere else but the Rangers if I had to yeah I agree like I'm not going to dunk on the Rangers at all as someone who like isn't really sure how it's going to go with Kane I'm not going to act like that take is at all correct yet because like I don't think those first couple games mean anything like he said, he didn't even have a morning skate with the group. So, and actually I thought he was better than like minus four and whatever it ended up being suggested. Like I thought you could see he was, you know, creating some, 
some plays. Um, I kind of agree. I think a good Kane prop, I, I think maybe power play point, depending on where it opens, could be good. Montreal's penalty kills really bad. Um, and I know that was probably a point they sat and dialed in with their two practices this week, trying to figure out how the power play was going to look and so on. Um, and then the other one, maybe if some of the books don't adjust, Lafreniere is on, on the top power play now, which from a logic standpoint, I don't really think taking Zibanejad off PP1 makes any sense because he's got such a good one timer. And I just don't see how you're having him on PP2 on that team. But with that said, if Lafreniere, like sometimes the power play point prices are crazy, you might see, like, might be able to find him around plus 500, plus 550. So I think that could be a good look in Kane as well. But yeah, that's kind of all I've got. Still probably a little too wide to play the Rangers in this spot. Right. You just can't trust. I mean, because look, we're, we're, we're kind of considering the narrative angles of a get right spot and whatever. But at the same time, you know, they have kind of been searching for it a little bit uh, and then throwing this wrench in the system doesn't help and the goaltending has been shaky for them uh over the past few and weeks montreal's so. been scrappy so yeah that's a kind of one thing like i mean alan they'll be at home real. it's montembeau's been great yes so yeah uh a huge game in pittsburgh between the islanders and penguins right now the islanders are up one point on pittsburgh uh for wild card one uh, the florida panthers are four points back of the islanders three points back of the penguins uh so both of these teams will be desperate for two uh or at least one. The Islanders plus 115 on the road. Penguins minus 135 uh, at home. The over-under six. These two teams are both kind of playing. They're playing very different styles of hockey, but they're playing the way they need to play to, to get points. The Islanders are playing that suffocating, clog up the neutral zone, turn every second of every game into a rock fight style that we saw um, under Barry Trotz in their salad days. And that was it wasn't Pittsburgh didn't ever like go to that extreme, but they were always a solid defensive team under Mike Sullivan. They've thrown that script out the window because they're not getting the goaltending. They're not getting the defensive form to play that style. So they're just betting on themselves in these, these kind of back and forth seesaw battles. They just came back from four, nothing down against Columbus in the game. I mentioned off the top uh, one in an overtime. You can't trust the defense. You can't trust the goaltending. The Islanders are kind of the opposite where you just can't trust the offense. Uh, to, to keep up with Pittsburgh if this turns into a track meet, even though they beat him a couple of times. This would be the first time the Islanders swept Pittsburgh in the regular season ever. 49 seasons before this one. This is the Islanders' 50th season. Their 50th, where they played Pittsburgh in the regular season. No matter how many times they played, they've never swept them in the regular season. Um, it's Islanders for me. I think plus 115 is fine. It's the, the way that these two teams are going. They're trending. The Islanders are playing a very committed... They're committed to the bit. They're playing safe and they're just relying on Ilya Sorokin or Varlamov. I think this is pretty certain to be Sorokin uh, to make the saves when he's called upon. And with Pittsburgh leaking, like the Islanders are still getting looks. They're just playing a much more counterattacking style. And uh, Pittsburgh is susceptible to that with the way that they're kind of going. Yeah, I actually completely agree. I would never play the Penguins in this spot. I haven't really seen anything I've liked out of them. And I kind of... I don't. Yeah, I I just think it's owls or nothing. There's I don't I don't even know if Granlin's going to play in this one, but I don't think he moves the needle. He doesn't sort out. I know so far he's actually the bottom six has been doing better, but their bottom six was horrible this year, and I don't see that turning around, which makes me think they're not even going to tilt the ice in some of these shifts versus the Isles, and then behind that they're going to try to cover up a massive goaltending mismatch. I think looking for it to go, you know, the way the last meeting in Pittsburgh went is kind of fair. Um, and yeah, I, I just don't see much value with the pens. 
on a side note too, like if this is a three point game, I might just have to bet on it being a three point game because it will, it'll be a tie somehow. I can totally see it. And I just, I think a lot of fans are maybe in my boat where like, I don't really want these to be the two wildcard teams. I feel like I've seen it. I think it'd be fun to see something fresh. So I'll be happy for you if the Isles get in. And hey, they didn't make it last year. It. Yes, that's true. But I've seen what this core of Islanders is about <laughs> in the playoffs. And you know what? They could, I mean, maybe give a better series out than any of the other wildcard teams, I think. But I'm hoping to see a nice, fresh team in there. Give me like the Senators or the Sabres or something fun. Yeah, I think most most casual fans would agree with you. Um, I, of course, disagree. Unless, I mean, hey, do you want to go kick the Penguins out? By all means, Ottawa or Buffalo or Florida, go go get them. Uh, and and to that end, like I still think Pittsburgh is is a bet at to miss the playoffs. Like the floor is so low with this team. If Crosby, Malkin, Latang, Gensel, like any off night for the for like one of them, one out of the four, they're in trouble. They're just they don't have the depth to make up for it. The goaltending has been erratic. I mean, Casey DeSmith has been better than Jari, and people are pointing to this Blue Jackets game like it's a a turnaround place, like a turnaround spot. <laughs> they they were down four nothing to the Blue Jackets, and I know Tristan Jari gave up four on twelve, but like still, you can't. Well, that's part of the problem, though, is that you can't really yeah. trust either goaltender. So yeah, and, I know, and they do have so coming up, and I don't know why the NHL has so many of these scheduling oddities. They play the Rangers three out of four next yeah. week. And if the Rangers are kind of clicking at that point where they're like starting to kind of hum like everyone's expecting, maybe that goes really bad. Then they have the Senators and the Avs and then the Stars. So that kind of does work towards your point that that stretch is kind of going to determine where they go. To to make the playoffs right now, uh, the Islanders are a pick them. They were a three to one at the All-Star break. So the the play is and obviously... I said that was a bad bet. <laughs> yeah, but but here's, here's where Pittsburgh is. They're minus 450 to make it, plus 340 to miss. You just laid out their schedule. Let's say the Islanders do get do win, even if the Islanders lose tomorrow. Like the they go one one and three in their next five, including that Islander game uh, with three against the Rangers, the Stars. Like the door just completely opens up for for Florida or Ottawa. Uh, Florida's got a relatively easy schedule. They've got a back to back with Chicago and Winnipeg before a bunch of days off. It's this. I think this Pittsburgh team. Models are still kind of like high on their chances. The bar, the betting market is, and I think just a lot of that is, uh, kind of just pedigree more than anything. Uh, well, the mark, but at least the betting market, because it's been 16 years in a row that this team has just earned the benefit of the doubt of oh they'll get in eventually. I think, but I think out of it sounds weird to say, but between the Islanders, Penguins, Panthers, Senators, and Sabers, I think it's between Pittsburgh and Buffalo between the team with the the lowest floor. The Senators' goaltending situation might maybe throws them in that mix, but this this team is they're five and five over the last ten. Like this, and and it's been basically like that. It's been that form for since Christmas. Like it's it, they yeah. went on that one stretch. To be fair to like the Penguins' schedule, it does get softer after that stretch. But I'm just kind of using that to make the note. Like yeah. I think if you're going to do that to make playoffs, do it now, yeah. and then you know take the risk that they get destroyed over that stretch. Uh. And they're relying on, they're still like Crosby, Malkin have basically played. I think that Crosby hasn't missed a game and Malkin's played most of, of, look, the Tangs had some health stuff here and there, but that they're, the margin of error is so thin for them. One, one injury to at the top of the roster and woof. Um, So yeah, that's where I'm at with Pittsburgh and the Islanders. That's where we're at the Penguins uh, generally. Uh, 
we can talk about the Stars uh, and Sabres now. So Buffalo loses to the Islanders in regulation in a hard-fought game at UBS Arena. Once again, I was in the building. Maybe I tilted it uh, for the Islanders. The Islanders, I thought, were really good in the game. I didn't think Buffalo... They Of course, you have a gripe when the call a 50-50 call like that goes against you with the kick kicking motion. But uh, in terms of the way the game actually played out, the Islanders... It was an Islanders game. It wasn't a Sabres game by any means. And and I thought Uka Pekka looking in in the post really kind of turned that from a possible 6-2 to a 3-2. Uh, tough to trust the Sabres when they're playing games like this. By that, I mean when you're playing a team like Dallas, whose defensive form is really good right now because B- Buffalo's margin for error. Like in you trust them in a game where they're trading chances, but in a game where it's just the offense is going to be tough to come by, you just don't because they'll make more mistakes than the Stars. So minus 150 on Dallas is maybe a little long on the road. I'm excuse me, a little short on the road. But um, like if you wanted to play like a stars and an under, like same game parlay, I could see it because that I think those two things would correlate well. But uh, I'll be passing. Yeah, I'm a little more lean Sabres in this game, but I, I'm pretty much passing too. They've done super well against the East. Um, they, they won in Dallas earlier in the year, and I think they can give them a competitive game. And the stars are kind of uh, fighting it a little bit. It's been a pretty good. I know that they had the unreal performance versus Colorado, um, but I thought overall, overall they took a pretty deserving loss uh, to Calgary and hasn't been overly impressive for me. So I'm kind of still a little bit on like the fade Dallas train right now. And I do like, I think Dadanov and Domi help. I don't think they help as much as people think. It seems like every deadline for the last like, six years max domi's been the pickup for some team that supposedly puts them over the edge and i know last year he came up big in in uh game seven versus boston i think it was game seven versus yep. boston with carolina right he had two goals and like you know maybe if they go deeper that changes things but i i just i don't really see him as the guy who puts you over the top still maybe with them he helps more because their depth scoring is so bad but i think he's one of those guys that like you have to consider the role he was in in chicago when he was racking up those points and like that sort of thing. And I know it's hard to play on Chicago, but he's still getting top, top everything. Now he's got to drive his own line over there. So we'll see. I'm a little, I'll have to wait and see what I think about Dadonov and Domi putting their secondary secondary scoring into a good place. Cause it, I feel like it's kind of still going to be pretty mid compared to a lot of these top teams. Dadonov for some, for some reason is one of my favorite players with no connections to the Islanders. Like he just, I, I loved him. Like when he came over from uh, the KHL to Florida and he was really good. And then that, that kind of weird trip through Vegas where they tried to trade him, then he vetoed it to Anaheim and then ends up in Montreal. It's just, he, his story is hilarious. And now he's in Dallas. And like you said at, uh, on the action network podcast, I believe he's just such a stars trade deadline pickup. Actually Domi is too. Like these kind of, you know, good journeymen, like journeymen usually is a, like a, a slight at a at a professional hockey player or athlete but they're they're solid they're in the upper tier of journeymen yeah so, uh, and like to be fair to doubt like it, i think it was a good way to you know try to do something without overpaying because their core moving forward looks so good they yeah. have those top four locked up to such team-friendly deals that i think it's kind of a, like they should be looking almost like longer window and trying to avoid like going all in this year but at the same time, they did enough that in the West, they can probably say they have an honest chance. So, so yeah, I like it overall. I'm just a little skeptic about where it like puts them when they're facing teams, uh, top teams in the East. Not that I suppose Buffalo is one of those, but 
I think they'd, they'd look a lot better in the West as we've kind of talked about a lot. Hockey betting season is here, so get in on the action with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager, 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call or text the Tennessee Redline at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah, or any other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. Uh, The Vegas Golden Knights are finishing off their Florida two-step. They played uh, in Sunrise, lost to the Panthers on Tuesday. They now travel to Tampa Bay as plus-135 underdogs. Uh, the Bolts minus 155. They did take care of business finally against the Flyers and their skid. Tony D'Angelo then uh, cup checked Corey Perry. Hey, maybe that's a galvanizing moment for this team. Uh, Bolts are minus 155. And uh, the over under six. We spoke about this on Tuesday's show. If Jonathan Quick starts here, uh, I would make a, a play on Tampa on an alternate like puck line. Tampa to win you know, by two or three or four uh, going up against Vasilevsky. That's a monumental goaltending mismatch. And we're not talking about like, are you like if they were playing the predators and going up against Usaros, he's not only going up against one of the best goalies in the league, but one of the top five teams in the league as well. And uh, keep an eye out there. Once Jonathan quick, if he does get confirmed, he didn't start on Tuesday night. It was Aiden Hill. Uh, and I do think that they're going to sprinkle in like five or six starts first quick to see what, where he's at and give him some, reps behind this defense before the playoffs just in case. Uh, so this could be one spot where he does get the nod. Yeah, I think you got to give give him reps here and there if you're going to get a new goalie and try to play them because they got to adjust. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think either way, probably lightning or nothing for me. Um, but it is a little sketchy still back in these lightning games um, just because you don't truly know what to expect. I still think like with the rosters that are going tomorrow, you could argue the edge should be with the lightning at this price. Um, I don't know if I'll play it though. And I think, you know, if you're a follower who has some of these Oilers divisions or Kraken divisions, make sure you're always keeping that in mind with your, you know, not trying to overexpose yourself with uh, needing a lightning result already. Uh, Flyers, the fly, like the wheels came off the Philadelphia Flyers a while ago, but they feel like they're coming off more coming off. The wheels are coming off again. Maybe they put on some replacement tires and those are flying off with the way that the fans kind of, ripped it to the management staff for handling of the deadline and the Tony D'Angelo stuff. And uh, things just aren't good. They're plus 290 uh, in Carolina. He's with fans on Instagram. Yeah, it's just incredible stuff. Yeah. God, God. 
Oh my god! <laughs> so, uh, lose your train of thought. No, there. but it's just it's it. But it, you hate to let that stuff seep into like how you're gonna play something. But I almost would be interested in Philly here. But that stuff kind of scares me off because they're plus two ninety. They're taking on the Hurricanes. Hurricanes are flying right now, but like you know, the Flyers are gonna give an honest effort. You know that they're gonna likely get the goaltending if Carter Carter Hart's and uh, we could see Pietor Pior. Tor Kachekov start his first NHL game in a while uh, with anti Ranta hurt. Like if you're going to start him and you want to ease him back into like an NHL workload, the Flyers are a good spot to do it. It's what I'm thinking. And uh, not, not, not that I don't think he's a good goalie, but he's, he has shown some kind of glimpses of being like undisciplined in, in how he plays. So could be your classic, you know, Carolina once every 10 games outshoots a team four to one and, loses uh and the price is is big enough on philly to almost justify it so we'll see but it's just so hard to get behind them right now because of the circus yeah i think i guess this kind of works against your out shooting point a little bit but i could definitely be interested in heart saves prop again over the last 10 playing the uh, carolina's opponent's goaltender to go over his saves prop has been money because they're sitting at like 31.5 32.5 around that and that's like crazy enough but that's not moving the needle enough from where it would be versus a normal team because Carolina is putting up like 40 shots a game when they play Tampa, they're putting up like 40 shots a game. So it's uh, an angle I've been liking. That's actually been working out lately. And I think it's kind of a strong spot for to continue, but it's, it's always line dependent with those and those lines go up super late, but it just seems like it's like hard for the odds makers to move the needle enough. Most goalies are right. like 28 and a half, 29 and a half, 30.5. And it's like, if you're playing the Canes, I honestly think, like those should be sitting at 34.5 consistently. Liars. Now on to uh, the San Jose Sharks and St. Louis Blues. Sharks plus 120. St. Louis minus 140. Over under six and a half. Nothing for me. I'm, do you want to go back to the Jacob Verona prop? Uh, I mean, if Kakinen's in, maybe. I could, uh, you talk about teams completely falling apart. San Jose has the lower points percentage than Chicago now, which is amazing. If If we lose those futures on team to finish dead last because of this outrageous collapse from san jose i don't even know what the hell is going on over there but they really quietly trended down to being like a complete joke i think if kakadin's i don't think he will be unless they're like i hate to say like a bit of a tank move but like why would he play after reimer just absolutely dominated winnipeg and then the next night kakadin just gets absolutely blown out of the water yet again so yeah you know i think i'll probably go to verona if uh if Kakinen's in, that should help uh, some of those actually go in. And then I'm intrigued to see if like St. Louis shakes up the power play units because I know I'd mentioned to you off the air, but I don't really see. Oh, they did. Okay. So it looks like they're going to put Braun on power play too, which was interesting. Because, yeah, I don't really see how he doesn't get a spot on one of the units with the bodies that are getting spots on some of them. We talked about how they were skating Logan Brown in one of the power play roles. So... <laughs> Yeah, I think Verona could be a, a good look again. Go back to the well on that one. And we've talked about how many times this year, painfully so. It's been like a decent take on like an anytime goal score where they're, they're fairly noticeable. And then I'll kind of like get off it or something. And then and then uh, they score the next game. Betting. It is. And then that's the other thing. You don't want to end up just slamming a guy 20 games in a yeah, row. Yeah, exactly. Do. So it's like a bit of a balance of trying to like, you know, way like if you, if it actually should be still happening at a, you know, look at each game as an individual one-off of like, is this guy still likely to score in this game more than whatever the price they're offering suggests? 
as opposed to just thinking like he's due. Cause I do think on goals, sometimes that is hard where like, you know, you don't want to miss like the game that he does it. If you've been playing it. Yep. It's the, uh, I, I like to call it Tommy Fleetwood syndrome. I will basically I bet Tommy Fleetwood every, every tournament when he's, you know, 50, 60, 70 to one, uh, like he is this week for the players. Uh, but I know that the week that I don't do it, Tommy Fleetwood will uh, lift the trophy for sure. And that's such a thing. And like, I think golf outrates everyone's like that. Like yeah. there's guys that, that, you know, everyone I know always picks in their pools. Like I yep. know they'll be in there's when they mix them in. And like, if they put like a couple dollars down on the masters, they've got their guys that are getting played. And I'm the same way, especially it's, because for golf, you know what it is? It's, it's Carolina hurricane syndrome in the NHL. There's so many people I know of like you who bet the hurricanes to win the Stanley cup 10 years in a row. And a bunch of them did not do it this year because they were, you know, 11 to one and folks were rightfully sick of them doing what they do in the playoffs out West. Now Los Angeles and Colorado, this is in Denver. The Kings are plus plus one forty. Avs minus minus one sixty five. the over under six and a half. I'm not, I don't have a bet here, but Los Angeles is five on five numbers. I think uh, every once in a while just should be noted once again, like since the all-star break, they're top five in expected goals. They're, top five in high danger chance percentage. They're second in high danger chance percentage. Uh, just a really, really strong five on five team that if you, once I'll just keep kind of noting this point, if you don't have any futures in uh, for like a Stanley cup better, anything like that, I still think Los Angeles at 30 to one is, is fine considering the conference Like the penguins are 30 to one. So if you just want one price, I mean, you could talk me into Calgary, I think it'd be Los Angeles. Um, nothing for me in this game, though. Yeah, I actually kind of like the Avs here, but just to lean towards the Avs or pass, I think they're trending towards just, you know, they're going to make a big push to the playoffs, I think, get into elite form. And, uh, you know, with McCarr back in the mix, they actually kind of have pretty close to their top roster. So I kind of like the Avs here. I might go back to McKinnon over four and a half shots, too, to kind of a dumb loss. I mean, it was my fault in part because I was, really thinking that game could be a blowout versus San Jose. And then I played the McKinnon shot prop and he had four and 15 minutes because I didn't need to use him because San Jose didn't give them any kind of a game. So I think maybe going back to that and what will hopefully be a closer game. But yeah, I kind of just lean abs or pass. All right. And with that, we move to top shelf bets. Our favorite bets for Thursday, March 9th in the NHL. Top shelf where mama hides the cookies. Let you go first with an East Coast start. Yes, I'm going to go with the New Jersey Devils to win in regulation over the Washington Capitals. Just like I said on Monday versus the Kings, I don't get how this price is as close as it is at all. This like that is such I don't understand where the marker respect for the Caps is coming from, especially because at times this year when I actually thought they're better than they were when they had more of the roster, they were getting undervalued. So I don't know if it's like a lack of understanding, like what's actually going for this team. Even if Nick Jensen plays, I think the price should be like minus 155, minus 160. I think if he doesn't play, should be a lot wider than that. The Caps have a second pairing of Matt Irwin and Gabriel Carlson. I said it before the Kings game that this team is significantly worse than they are. And they got absolutely caved in. They shouldn't have hung around in that game. They got the five on three goal. And I think it's just a lot of, you know, I... And then, like, obviously, to talk more so towards the Devils, that team is so good. I don't really think that Toronto game 
scares me away here. I think of anything that makes me like the spot a little more because that was a pretty frustrating loss. And I think they're, you know, they still have a lot to play for and, and push towards the playoffs. This was one when I saw this number, I did a double take and like checked the Devils roster because I thought it was going to say that like Manachek or Hamilton or someone pretty crucial was out. And I think this is the kind of game where like if the Caps win, which is still going to happen like 35% of the time or whatever, like that's the reality of it. We're going to see so many people say like trap game, like blah, 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 and all those, all those things. And I think that realistically, like the reality of it is just like, I know both these rosters. I know where these teams are at. This price is a little surprisingly close, which I think is all we're ultimately trying to look for when we're, you know, gambling and trying to find an edge. It's just like, what should the number be? I don't think this number is right. And I think it's kind of the exact same as the Kings game where I, I've said the same thing as a Caps fan where I was just like, I know this team. I've watched LA. Like, what are we doing here? Why are they minus 135 anywhere? And yeah, so that's kind of my rant on that. I think it's a pretty great spot to get a legitimately good Devils team versus a, a Caps team that's very stale offensively right now. And like to go further on that, like I just don't see what guys are going to move the needle offensively for the Caps at this moment like Ovechkin has his moments just Rasmus Sandin he's the only one yeah and even then like look at the collection of points he's got (laughs) like it's (laughs) been it reminds me of Gustafsson earlier in the year where I was like okay yeah he's doing some things well but he's also running incredibly good he's tapping pucks in the five hole that are going six miles an hour so you know it is what it is Kuznetsov's in horrible form like I just don't think they have the kind of guys that are going to like drive the play and control play versus a really good devil's team so yeah i like the cap or sorry i like the devils i think we've got a pretty good spot for them here my favorite bet yotes at home baby coyotes they are plus 145 taking on the nashville predators at the mullet and the coyotes looked really i mean they played the blues but they looked great (laughs) uh the other night uh in a 6-2 win let's update the people on the coyotes at home theory they're 15 and 14 at Arizona State, if you had bet $100 on every Coyotes game, $998 you would have returned into your pocket. 34.4% ROI. They are still, by a wide margin, uh, the best bet in the NHL at home. The only team that's close to them are the historically good Boston Bruins, uh, who their ROI would be 22.1% and $728 returned to a $100 better if you bet the Bruins blindly every game. After that, it's like, it's staggering the difference between Arizona and then like, you know, draw a line through the Bruins because they are historically good. Then it's teams like Winnipeg, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay's 24 and nine. The ROI is around 11%. I get it. Like there's only a couple, there's a couple big wins here that are, uh, big prices that are playing into this, but I think that a 29 game sample when you're only going to get four out of 41, it's pretty meaningful that this narrative is probably legitimate for, and it's, and it's not just, you know, there's, I said, there's going to be like a little bit of like a mini Vegas flu situation. I think that's part of it. I also think like these are NHL players coming to uh, a college rink and for some, they might think it's cool, but then like you got guys from like Sweden and Russia coming in. Like, what is Arizona State like playing in this college rink? There's no like nostalgic value to them. Like this, it it could just catch, you know, guys just not taking it seriously. And I know that the Predators are, you know, doing a little dead cat dead cat bounce where they think that they're still in this thing and uh, they're gonna be playing hard. But they just came off of a a tough loss the other night against uh, 
Vancouver in a game that they really, really needed to have two points if they wanted to keep this charade up. So the goaltending, you know, it's probably going to be Saros and Vimelka, big edge to Saros, but the number, the situation, and the way that the Coyotes play. And I like that they have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. I mean, they were just absolutely dragged for the way that the trade deadline was handled for good reason. Like they are becoming a, a money laundering scheme of the NHL, but the that's not the player's fault. And I think that they kind of, you know, live off of that kind of stuff. And, and you, I can maybe point to like three or four instances where I've watched a coyotes game out of, and I've watched too many of them this year where you can question the effort. So this team's going to play hard. They're good at home. They're taking on a predators team that traded some really important pieces and uh, is not very good. So, I like the Coyotes here. Yeah, I like the Coyotes. I, I actually they played, they hosted Nashville like two weeks ago, and I thought it was like the same thing, such a good play, and they lost six two. So that's, <laughs> I think I had enough on that one, but I kind of agree. It's crazy to think too, like the Coyotes have the best line in this game and like the better true offensive stars. They don't have Yossi, but like that Keller, Hayton, and Schmaltz line is really good, yep. and that could be another angle too to target. Is just like picking some of those guys your favorite props because they're playing really really well right now so i like that and also uh the top four is hanging a little more because valimaki's been, really good, been awesome. his <laughs> own pair and uh, moser's okay he's kind of a player i like too but oh that bottom six up front right now is really really awful <laughs> which scares me but i like that they're all you know they're all playing for contracts and they all don't usually get nhl minutes so you know there's that argument for them so I like it. I, I agree. I think it's the coyotes or nothing, but I'm a little scared to go back to the world. Yeah, this is this is how we end the streak. Coyotes at home going against your capitals. Uh and then the underdogs off the top. The Sens and the Oilers against the historically good Bruins. And that is yes. line change for this week. Uh for Nick Martin, I'm Michael Lee Buff. We will see you again Monday night or Tuesday morning. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.